Les and Irene Lancaster have been married for over 30 years. So that's my uncle Shimok from Paris, who was obviously born in Poland, like my mum. What I liked most about Les was his sense of humour. I now realise it's a very Jewish sense of humour, which I hadn't realised then. Um, and um, the other thing is, if you're going to have children, you know, if you have a, a partner that's the same religion as you, it's um, quite a lot easier to bring them up in the Jewish way. So much of Judaism revolves around the family and, of course, children and educating children and so on. And I don't think it, it, it has to be there from the, the whole of the family. Uh, I don't think it could work with uh, one of the partners not being Jewish. I don't think you'd have that sense of the Jewish presence in the house. What do you recommend today? Um, well, today we don't we don't special we don't the chicken stir fry. Yes, know, this mince looks really nice. Have you got some? I can see it's on special offer. Yes, we have. We have just yes. made some now, uh, just about five minutes ago. We just yes. put kosher meat yeah. is where you get meat that has been authorized by the Beth Din, which is the um, authority of Jewish law. The difference between kosher and non-kosher meat is that in the Jewish religion you're not allowed to eat any blood whatsoever and the um, way the animal is killed is called shahita and the person that does it is called a shohet and that person has to be authorised and expert but also there are certain meat that you can't eat such as pork for instance um, and this is to do with the Bible that the animal that you can get the cuts from um, has to uh, chew the cud and um, not have cloven hooves because I believe in the laws that I've just described to you and also I'm continuing a tradition. It's not primarily just a faith tradition, but it's what you do in life that's important to be religious. So if I said I believed in God and didn't buy kosher meat, I wouldn't be regarded as a, a, an Orthodox Jew. You know, it's not actually what you say, it's what you do that's important. 10, 20, um, 21 and 50. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. A kosher kitchen will have different cupboards for meat and dairy dishes and uh, it'll also have different crockery, cutlery for the dairy and, and the meat. I have one shelf where I put meat produce, including poultry, and then uh, milk stuff, cheese, yoghurt, butter and milk would be on a different shelf. The way to create a difference between meat and milk dishes is to have them different colours. So in my case, our meat dishes are blue and our milk dishes tend to be green. And I also put them in different cupboards. I mean, I, for instance, have different dishcloths as well. So this would be milk, blue, meat, which is red, and I've got a third one, which is parev, which is neither meat nor milk. For instance, something like um, hummus or various dips you can get, you know, um, and parev you can have with either meat or milk, but it is neither meat nor dairy produce itself. And this is because of the um, injunction in the book of Exodus, which says that you shouldn't boil a kid, that means a young goat kid, in its mother's milk. Because the concept of milk is that of mercy and of meat is that of severity. So they didn't want these concepts to mix at a higher level either. It is very important to be able to uh, walk to the shul. On Shabbat and the Jewish festivals, we don't use a car. The laws of Shabbat are quite complex, but it involves not doing creative work. So, for example, if I'm turning the ignition in the car, 
I'm certainly making some kind of creative work. Shabbat is the reminder of God's creation of the world and on the seventh day he rested from creative work. So we emulate that by doing no creative work. There are really two focal points in the synagogue. The most important is at the front, facing towards Jerusalem, which is the Ark. In the Ark, we have the sacred scrolls, the Torah, and uh, at some stage in the service, we bring out the scrolls to read from them. The decoration on the scrolls, uh, it differs somewhat in different communities. There's the Sephardi tradition, there's the Ashkenazi tradition. Um, but essentially there's, there's a deep meaning in the idea that, that we clothe the Torah. The second focal area is the bima, which is in the centre of the synagogue. Bima just means a raised platform, obviously, as it were, physically raised, but I think it's really talking about a spiritual plane as well. So the bima is in the centre of the synagogue, the ark is at the front. That all is very symbolic. The bima um, is in the centre because it's amongst the people, in the community, in the congregation. So when we bring the, the, the scroll from the ark, it is brought specifically to the bima so that it is coming from its special place into the heart of the community, and that's where it has to be. The, the, the Judaism makes a lot of store by the fact that the Torah is not something up in heaven, but it's something amongst us. It's a living presence, the living presence of the divine amongst ourselves. Above the Aron Kodesh, that's the Ark, above the Ark, we have the Ne'er Tamid, which means eternal light. As the term says, this light is always kept on. Light is always a symbol of the divine presence. And... The idea that the Torah, which is in the Ark, is our guiding light, is really, it says everything about Judaism. So we have a light above the Ark, which is, as it were, as a physical light, is, is representing that guiding light. In an Orthodox synagogue like this one, then men and women are seated separately, with a division between them, we call it a mechitza, uh, in this synagogue, um, it's, uh, there's some ornate metal work uh, with the mug and David, and then it's a glass as well. The essential point is there has to be separation. As far as Judaism is concerned, the home life revolves around the woman, and the man's role is more in the public areas. Those roles derive from what it is to be a man and what it is to be a woman in the eyes of God. <laughs> In the morning prayer service, we, we put on the talit and the tefillin um, every day except Shabbat. One of the basic ideas in Jewish thought is, is the idea of imitating God in some way. There's a little meditation there just before I put the talit on, which says in Hebrew, Ote o kasalma no which means that God um, um, wears light like a garment and he spreads the heavens like a curtain, as if it's to say that God is enwrapped with, with, with light. And so wearing the talit is a way of connecting with that idea, so one enwraps oneself with the talit. In another sense, it, it's a good way of focusing. Sometimes I'll bring the talit over my head and it just stops me being distracted by other things going on around. 
in fact, symbolically within the, the, the knottings, the, 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 the twists and the knots in the fringes themselves, symbolically it alludes to the 613 mitzvot, the commands of the Torah. The tefillin, well, that's, uh, that's to do with binding. It actually connects back to the biblical story of the binding of Isaac. And uh, symbolically, um, Abraham was associated with the right side and Isaac is the left side, and so there's a whole symbolism there. So it's the left side that, that you bind, the left arm. The tefillin are related to the heart and to the brain. So the one that is going on the left arm is directed, is trying to be close to the heart. The one on the head is related to the brain. And the idea is that these different aspects, these faculties of a person, are brought together to express that focus, that intensity in prayer. The boxes have within them parashiot, that is, extracts from the Torah, extracts to do with the, the Shema, which actually include the command to, to where to fill in, and also extracts about coming out of Egypt. In the more mystical areas of Judaism, the idea of unification is very important, and there's this idea that the worlds created by God require a human input to effect that unification. And of course, this links also to, to the prayer from which we get the command to wear the tefillin, which is the Shema. And uh, the Shema is all about unification. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. The word Echad means one. And that line, that first line, is saying that, that here, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Three different names of God, which we're trying to bring together into that final world, word of oneness, unity, to recognize the unity. So it's a unity of the world, the unity of God, and it's also a unity in ourselves.